to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good morning. Welcome into the podcast. Today, Sunday, September the 26th, the year 2021. Sounds like a movie, but it's not. Start off today, let's start talking about some aerial devices. Why? Because it's the day to talk about it. So much value in utilizing an aerial device. And so much waste if you're not using one. Especially if you have one and you're not using it. But understand this. Anything could be misused. So just using something doesn't add any value to it. It's doing it right. That adds value. And make no mistake, there is a lot of value in a tower ladder, ladder tower, uh, stick, platform, whatever it is. So let's talk a little bit about purchasing apparatus, in this case, um, an aerial truck. Here's what you don't do. We need an aerial or aerials. Okay. Here's what we want. We want one that raises and lowers. And that's what we're looking for. And it goes, it, bids go out, gets purchased, comes in. Everybody's excited about it. Go through some initial training, run it on a couple of calls. And then they're like, yeah, it's working really well. Okay, park it over there, guys. Yeah, let's park it there. Um, that's not utilized. And in fact, that's a waste of money. And it's an insult to taxpayers. Um, it's an insult to the community and to firefighters. I had one fire chief say to me directly, we don't use it because firefighters are pretty much stupid. They'll end up killing themselves. That, of course, is outrageous on so many levels. But let me calm your nerves by saying that that particular fire chief's an idiot. And so whatever was said was quickly dismissed and is always quickly dismissed by almost everybody. The point is, um, truck companies, ladder companies, they're worth their weight in gold, but only, only if people know what they're doing. So let's start with the people who, who are there when they're purchased. What did the bid look like? What did the specs look like? And I'm not going to touch on every aspect because it's a podcast and uh, um, it's not a 12-part podcast on just purchasing aerial apparatus. But here's something that, that I've always found to be missing uh, among departments that don't do very well. And obviously price is, is important. But let's talk about something that's also important. Scrub area right? So scrub area, it's more than just reaching the roof or, or being able to flow water in a window, right? Um, the, the scrub area is vital. What can you reach, you know, and, and basically how much of the building surface area can you reach? 
Now, a lot goes into this, okay? First of all, codes has to do their part, right? You have to have access around the building. And not a lot you can do about buildings that were constructed in the 70s, 80s, 60s, 50s, 40s. Although, to be honest, I ride around some places and I see better access in older cities than I do in some of the, quote, newer cities and towns, end quote. But you have to start there. You know, you need access, but not only for the aerial ladder. You need access for an engine. You need access for your rescue companies, uh, EMS, you know, on, on down the line. But for an aerial truck, it's absolutely vital to be able to reach that surface area of the building. Now, part of that is positioning, to be sure, right? You have to know where to position the apparatus, and that requires experience. You can look at it in a book. You can watch it on a screen. You can listen to people talk. But unless you're out there doing it, you don't have any idea until you do it because everything that happens in a book or happens on a video um, oftentimes it's it's a perfect situation this is how you teach people you teach people by saying go do this and then let them and put them through scenarios where they fail failure sticks with us so does success but overcoming that failure by virtue of trial and error works for a lifetime as opposed to telling a person, well, today we're going to go out. You know what we're going to do? We'll put the jacks out. Yep, all right. We're going to do the jack. We're going to put them out 44 times. All right, great. That's fine. Um, but introduce something into it. Uh, this is not a new concept. It's been taken and remodified and all this other stuff, or taken and modified. But it's not a new approach. But again, introduce problems. People will amaze you with what they're able to overcome and so you know get out look at what you're doing and uh look at your buildings and all that and this goes back to specking your apparatus for your community not every community has 40 50 story buildings um, in fact most don't but what's your community you know can your aerial device protect your community in the way that it should or did you just buy a rig throw it out there and say well golly you know we we just gonna have to wait and see uh, just having a vehicle and that approach betrays I, I mean well, it doesn't betray it absolutely highlights ignorance you can't buy like that and people who do they're doomed to failure so that scrub area is vital being able to reach it is vital. Being able to position is vital. And, but configuring that apparatus, that's going to be so important. Let's take one example and one example only. Raised roofs, raised cabs. A lot of departments go with raised cabs. And a lot of departments don't realize what they're doing. Um, you know, nothing wrong with a raised cab. Not knocking it. What I am saying, your job is to be able to raise and lower that ladder, to be able to put it all over the place. If you have, say, a, a raised roof, that can limit you, can limit you 
to reach a lower level. Why? Because the ladder can't go below that raised roof. And you may say, yeah, but it's only in this spot. Well, look, if it's only in that spot, that will be the spot someday that somebody will need to get that arrow into. So you can tell right away no thought was given to it. I know a department that um, they kept knocking the uh, equipment off that was, you know, light bar and all. And it didn't happen once. It happened multiple times. They kept knocking it off. And they said, um, the, the assistant chief who was in charge of, of apparatus told me, of, you know, of specking and all. He said, well, we made a mistake there. He said, that'll never happen again. See, and that's smart. Uh, okay, they made a mistake. But they won't do it again because they'll never configure it that way. Because let's be honest, when you look at apparatus, what are the essentials? And then what are things that are negotiable? A raised roof, it's negotiable. And I get it. Oh, I want to be able to stand up in the, in the back of the truck. Or I want to be around, around. Well, number one, shouldn't be standing up in the back of the truck. Number two, um, people just didn't suddenly grow taller. There have been fi- there's been fire apparatus uh, for a very long time that didn't have raised roofs. And somehow people survived. Now, one... Uh, so-called negotiable, uh, certainly depends on your part of the country, um, and that's AC. Um, I was only on one rig that ever had AC, and it didn't work particularly well. Now, there's a difference between saying, if it's coming standard, no, hey, all right, which they do now. There's another thing to say, well, my people are too tough, you're, they're tough, they don't need that, and you take it off, and you're down and and you're down in a place that, you know, regularly gets 100 degrees or um, near 100 degrees. Um, so, I mean, there's idiocy everywhere, but uh, some people consider it a negotiable, and that's fine. You know, firefighters typically don't spend eight hours a day in a rig, in a pumper or aerial rescue. And so, yeah, you can call it a negotiable. Um, there are other things as well, the types of lights, um, all kinds of things that, that you can use that will allow you to lower or not use that will allow you to lower the, the profile of the truck and extend the ability of your tower, stick, whatever it is. And, and because let's, let's be blunt. If we're truly looking at, at a piece of fire apparatus as a toolbox, which many people do, then how many toolboxes do you know um, that have AC. Just joking. That's not a good comparison, but all jokes aside, if it is a toolbox, um, you know, the basics, get them in there. And I include AC as a basic. Uh, If it's not, you know, if you're not in a place where you need that, then that's, again, something to consider. Another point is oftentimes the people who are chosen to help spec rigs Um, don't really know anything about it. And if they don't, which is fine, um, hopefully reach out to people who do, whether it's another department, a consultant, whatever the case may be. Everybody's trying to save money. That's fine. But in order to save money, don't spend a lot of money on things that you don't need uh, by not having somebody who can guide you through the process. Aero trucks are expensive. 
the cheapest are expensive. Um, and let's face it, engines are moving up there too. Rescues are expensive. But the worst thing you can do, the most asinine thing you can do, is buy cheap, thinking, well, I'll get city council off my back for a while and I'll look like a champ because I'm not going to spend a lot of money on an engine, so I'm just going to go out and get me something that doesn't work, or I'm not going to spend any money on an aerial ladder. I'll go out and I'll buy me a, a pickup truck and I'll mount something on the back of it. You know why? Why? Because I'm stupid. You could be that person, uh, but don't. So again, specking that rig is important. Um, you know that, the, and again, the extra cab height, it it does. They're more expensive. What happens if you have to work at an angle or lower angle? You know, and don't say, "Well, we'll just move the truck." Well, yeah, you keep doing that and see what happens. You know, another thing that uh, you know, being able to to get get below the uh, the turntable. You can flow directly into windows and doors, into void areas. You can. You can flow high GPM streams. Um, I've seen it so much, and it works effectively. I mean, it does. It's very effective. And, of course, that that crushes people's spirits who look at it and go, well, gosh, that, and that, that doesn't, theory says you shouldn't do it. Well, theory says a lot of things. That's why you need to get your nose out of books and get out in the street. Uh, books are important. But being able to apply it's even more so. And so, this is one of those things, right? Spec it, make sure it's right. Purchase it, make sure you get what you need. Use it. Nothing's more important than using it. And let, let me tell you what using it is. Pulling it out on the apron, putting it in a parking lot, that's fine. You know, it is. Teaches people how they go up and down, side to side, rotate, all sorts of things. But that's basic training, you know. You want a bachelor's, a master's, a doctorate? Take it out in the street. Uh, put it up against buildings. Go down narrow streets. Maybe it's on a Sunday. Whenever it is, put the jacks out. Raise it, lower, rotate it. Nothing beats training that's as close to real world as possible. All right. Yeah, maybe your station burns and you're going to have to set it up in the parking lot. You know, chances are that's not going to happen. So if you're a primarily residential place, are you putting it up, taking it down? Your largest commercial structure. How many times have you gone over, raised it, lowered it to see where you can reach? My guess is the majority of people listening to this probably haven't. And the, the excuses will run the gamut. Well, we can't afford to put it up. We can't afford to pull hose. We can't afford to do any of those things. Really what you're saying is, is that you shouldn't have a, a paid fire department. And if you're, I've seen volunteers go out and do this constantly. I, I have been on departments where we went out, raised ladders all the time, trying to figure out what the best angles are, what we can reach, what we can't reach. If you're not doing it, it's a leadership problem. Period. And chances are, you're not. And so when things go bad and you start crying and whining, well, we didn't know. Well, if you didn't know, it's on you. It really is. Um, if you didn't know, then here's your chance. Um, you know, ladder trucks are expensive. Um, it costs money to maintain. 
And that's another thing. Maintenance. If you're not willing to spend money to maintain the aerial devices, then they're going to fail on you. Might not be a dramatic failure, but they will fail. And ultimately, if you have a ladder truck that is sitting gathering dust, it's an indictment of the fire chief and the command staff. They have no interest. Their interest is in playing at being a fire department and not being one. You have to ask yourself, is that what you want? If it is, fine, go along to get along. Do what you got to do. If it's not, and if you can't change the situation, get out of the situation. The bottom line is we all look around us and we measure ourselves. We look at other departments. We look at all kinds of things. If your department is lacking, there's a reason for it. And I hear the people who say, well, you know what? I'm going to be the change. Good. Have at it. And, and let's hope that you have enough juice in the tank to be able to do that. Some places just don't want to change. Some places will convince you they're changing. All the while, all they're doing is going backwards. It's like with staffing. If you had four people on a rig and you've been reduced to three, now you're down to two, then you're down to one, how much progress have you really made? You've made zero progress. You're progressing toward a catastrophe. And if that's how you like to measure it, well, have fun. I had a question, didn't do a podcast on Friday, and had a couple of, well, actually had four or five really good questions, but one of them um, I did want to talk about today uh, before we go, and it's um, why don't you, or actually, why do you help some departments, not others, and why not ours? Uh, well, don't know. Um, the easiest answer is obviously, well, there's a lot of departments out there. But I think the big thing is when, when someone's complaining or a group of people are complaining about a department, the first thing I always do is try to figure out what they've done to help themselves. Um, have they tried to change things? Are they up against a, uh, an administration that just don't want to do anything or city council, commission, whatever your politicians call themselves? And so that's a big thing. How much are they trying to help themselves. And then this conversation goes on a lot, and I've mentioned it before, but I'm going to repeat it. You're talking with somebody, and they're like, yeah, man, we, you know, our department doesn't do this, they don't do that, they don't do this, they don't do that, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, okay, all right, well, um, are you willing to write a letter, or are you willing to uh, go talk? To, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. Well, why not? I can't lose my job. Oh, okay. Well, there are very few people who can afford to lose their jobs. That's one of the issues. Fortunately, um, there are people who say, you know what? I'd rather go home to my family than not go home. Or, you know what? It's what I got to do. It's the difference, and there's a huge difference in people who decide to serve in the military, those that don't. There's nothing wrong with not serving in the military. It's not a requirement. But at least the people who have have put their money where their mouth is. And it's kind of that way with this. Well, you know, if you can't afford to lose your job, I get it. Few people can. Um, 
at the same time, if nobody, if everybody has the same attitude as you, nothing's ever going to change. So I also try to listen to that and see how that's working out. And this takes some time. It might take a year or two, but that's the way it is, you know, which people are willing to say something, which aren't. Then you have to figure out, okay, is it personality conflicts? The more people you listen to, then you start realizing it's probably not personality conflicts, but very often it can be. You know, somebody just doesn't like the administration, the administration just doesn't like somebody, all these sorts of things. Then the next thing's competence. How competent is the department? If the department's a tragedy in and of itself, it's easier to help. But helping is what it is. It's only helping. Me or any other podcaster, writer, anything else. Um, it if, if people there aren't willing to do anything, then nothing's going to happen. You know, there's only so much people from the outside can do. And for me... I'm always looking at a, a few choice things, you know, are, are firefighters being placed in, in extreme danger? Do they realize it? And then you hang around and you go, well, you know, you look and see how much they're, they're training and educating themselves. Um, you like to see them on a few fires to see what's going on. So there's all sorts of things that go into it. And at the end of the day, you know, how competent is the department? Sometimes you help, sometimes you don't. Um, sometimes you wish you could help more sometimes, eh. and then it comes down also to what are they looking for? What is the department looking for? What are rank and file firefighters looking for when they say, well, we want change? Well, change is funny. Very often people want it up until it goes up against what they want. I've watched guys who were, oh man, I want change. I want change. I want change. And then Somebody in administration reaches out to that particular person and says, man, you're going to make a good chief or good captain, good lieutenant, good whatever. And suddenly they change their tune completely. Then they become Joe Company, you know, and that happens quite a bit. Um, and you can always tell those people they stand out like a sore thumb because before they didn't want to do anything. They were just completely signed out, yada, yada, yada. And now all of a sudden they're all about it. You know, well, you know. Whereas before they were saying, this place sucks, man. You know, they're treating us bad. Now they're like, well, you got to be the change. You know, you got to be the change. And it's like, mm, yeah, okay. Those people are wishy-washy, neurotic, and you just got to avoid them. But ultimately what it comes down to for me, and I'm sure for others, is uh, safety. And it, it's not the type of safety that you're thinking about. How safe for citizens is first. I mean, excuse me, how safe for firefighters, how safe for citizens. Those two things. Um, and, you know, what does a city look like? If, if it's a backwards, if it's a backwards ass city or one that sees itself as some great thing and, but they're happy having, um, having cousin Bebop be the fire chief, then there's rare thing. I mean, at some point it'll catch up with them and that city's going to pay a lot of money at some point And they'll realize that cousin Bebop, just cause he was from, uh, you know, that particular town, he was the wrong person, was always the wrong person. Of course, politicians don't like to admit that. You know, that, that's, a, that's something where, yeah, the people that you really feel, uh, feel for or the people you think that are very competent, you tell them, get out of here, go find another one, uh, go find another job if you can. Um, 
that's easier to do than, than trying to wholesale change a town or a city. Sometimes it happens, but this isn't the movies. More often it doesn't. Um, you know, what I've found is incompetence likes to hire incompetence. And typically the people they hire, they have drawn and painted over their incompetence so they appear competent up until you get to know them and you realize they're nothing more than what was there previous. That doesn't, that's not always the case. Uh, there are departments that, you know, firefighters are doing their best. And uh, there are departments where it all works. You know, there are. People say, well, I don't think that. Yes, there are. Uh, not that there aren't little pet, little, and I shouldn't call them petty, where there aren't little disagreements. But those disagreements are handled professionally. And uh, you, see the, you see examples of it all the time. Um, but, again, when Cousin Bebop's running it, and nothing against Cousin Bebop if Cousin Bebop's hearing this, but if Cousin Bebop is running the fire department, and uh, his goal is to make sure that Cousin Bebop looks good, you're in a dead-end department, my friend. And, uh, yeah, maybe you're the change. My guess is, though, they're going to show you that you're not. Then what are you going to do? You're going to sit and say, man, you know, I think things are going to be better in 34 years. Mm -hmm, maybe. Um, but probably not. Maybe, but probably not. And uh, so, your choice. You know what I mean? That's going to do it for today. We will be back tomorrow with another edition. Until then, stay safe.